Welcome to the Birth Lounge Podcast, an empowering space for expecting and new parents to hear candid conversations with experts, support your mental health, and learn the tips and tricks that thousands of parents have used to craft their ideal birth. We will answer all of your questions, the scary ones and the weird ones, to help calm your fears and feel confident going into your birth. I'm going to help you redefine what birth and motherhood looks like and how to embrace your journey. I've intentionally crafted an amazing list of experts to help you navigate pregnancy, explore your birth options, and plan for postpartum so it can be a time of soaking in your tiny human. We're going to go there on all the hard topics so that you can dive into finding your confidence and freeing yourself from fears around childbirth. With almost 10 years of experience in family education and a master's degree in human development and family studies, I created this podcast as a way to share information so parents can make educated and informed decisions about their care during pregnancy and childbirth. This is a birth community driven by evidence-based information and research in hopes to help you explore your options, understand your rights, and know what choices you have along the way. I'm your host, Hee Hee. Now let's get to the good stuff. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Birth Lounge Podcast. Today, I am joined by someone I've looked up to for a really, really long time, and she's someone I have admired on Instagram for a really, really long time, and so to have her like in studio, in real life today with us is so exciting. Katie Crawford, the founder of Doula Katie, and also an expert in baby wearing, she has taught me like immense amounts. I actually don't even have a word of like how much I have learned from following Katie and understanding the history of baby wearing. Actually, I think a lot of people think that it's a trendy way to bond with your baby and carry your baby hands free. But really, when we look into it, there's a lot of history rooted in Black culture. And Katie, I'm so excited that you're going to be sharing with us about that history, the benefits of baby wearing, the types of baby wearing, all the things that we need to know. So Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to dive in. So let's start with kind of the basics. What are some benefits of baby wearing other than bonding with your baby and having your hands free? Yeah. So I think the biggest, one of the biggest benefits that I try to sell to parents is that it can actually lower um, crying, which is like usually a big thing with, with new parents, like my baby's crying a lot. Um, baby wearing can help reduce that. Some studies say like 40%. I know, which is a lot, um, especially if you're doing it skin to skin um, inside the carrier that can also calm baby down. It is also, um, if your baby doesn't like tummy time, baby wearing counts as tummy time. So having baby stomach to stomach, using some of those muscles, that counts. So if you have a baby that wants to be on you, um, you can still do tummy time. You don't have to worry about getting them on the floor and all of that stuff. Um, Babies who are worn also, um, studies have shown that they have a better social emotional development at times. Um, Because just they're, always they're getting constant input from you and you're holding them. So their social emotional develops a little bit better sometimes. I wouldn't say that if you didn't wear your baby, don't be worried that something's wrong with your baby, but um, attachment parenting can be really helpful in some of that. So 
trying to think of, and, and it helps put your baby to sleep if you're a baby. So babies really love contact naps. And so helping to get your baby to sleep in a carrier. I know a lot of families that have done like the first year was just naps were always in a carrier um, because that's the way they could get their baby to sleep. And so that's okay. You know, sometimes we have to do those contact naps especially during the teething months. Oof. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. I love how you talk about always having that input from the parent's body. So your nervous system will actually regulate your baby's nervous system as well and help support them. So we see that their blood pressure, their temperature, their blood sugar, things like that are more regulated when people uh, engage in baby wearing, which I always think is so fascinating. That warmth, they can hear your heartbeat. Also the way that you respond. So um when your baby is awake, not when they're sleeping, but when they're awake, they're so close to you. They actually get to feel your heartbeat uh, speed up when you get nervous and they can actually hear the difference in your voice and they get to feel your body tense up. And then when they are kind of on the other side of that spectrum, when they're really worked up, they can feel your heartbeat is really low and that your body is calm and that you are regulated. And so you, you see that like dynamic play out. So I love baby wearing. If I'm in a home, I pretty much always have a baby tied to me. And then when I eventually have my own babies, I know that we're just going to be like a kangaroo. I'm so excited for it. So Katie, there's a lot of different apparatuses and things you can buy and types of baby wearing, like slings. You can wear your baby on your back. You've got the newborn hard carriers that kind of look like carriers when you take them off. And then there are the wraps that look like just a long piece of fabric like when you take them off, you know, they're, they're soft shell or soft, um, carriers. Can you tell us like, is one better than the other? Should we be looking at your baby's development versus that? Is there, what do we need to know about all these things? Plus like, do we need them all or can we choose one or two? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also wanted to add one more like benefit. So like you were talking about, um, baby can regulate their temperature and their heartbeat and all that stuff, especially if you have babies that are working on their weight gain. If you have, if you're baby wearing and you're meeting all of those other milestones for your baby or not milestones, but like meeting those needs of your baby and they're having problems with weight, their energy can focus on gaining weight. So if they have too many things, like they're too cold or their heartbeat is just like irregular because they're just dysregulated, the energy goes to those things. And so it can't really focus on the things like gaining weight and telling our brain to like store the milk the certain ways it needs to. That is huge. So, yeah. So if we're doing baby wearing to meet all those other needs, there's actually studies that show that baby wearing has actually helped babies increase weight um, where they needed it to. That is really awesome. And milk supply, right? Anytime that you're close like that, I mean, it's so easy to whip out a boob in a carrier. Obviously it takes practice, but (laughs) you have that skin to skin. It's that constant input. You're constantly smelling your baby. They're right there. You can see them. Like it helps with the breastfeeding relationship as well. If you're choosing to nurse or body feed. Totally. Yeah. And there's, there's, uh, there's, I talk about studies a lot, but I've also read a study about how, um, doing that skin to skin in the first like hour after baby's born helps breastfeeding outcomes for at least the first four weeks. That is So awesome. if you can also do that, continue that with baby wearing, that's only going to help that relationship. Yeah. That's um, awesome. I don't know. I could just talk about baby wearing all day long, but Me too. <laughs> uh, and babies. I just love babies. Um, 
So going to carriers. So I get this question. This is probably like the number one question I get. Like, what carrier is the best carrier? You know, and I'm gonna tell you right now, there's not one best carrier. There is a best carrier for you and your baby, and that's what you need to find. So I obviously have my favorites that have worked for me personally. I have four kids, so um, too many children here. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, so, and I've worn them all. So my first, I wore him mainly in a stretchy carrier. So it was a Moby. I still have it. It's like it's like 11 years old. It's I'm never gonna get rid of it. Um, I have plans to wear his baby one day in it. So it's just sitting in my cupboard. Um, but that was what I knew. And that was, and it's still kind of like the mainstream, like you're always, you can always find a stretchy wrap somewhere at a store. Right. Um, and then, but the thing with stretchy wraps, I love stretchy wraps for a very short period of time. So after your baby hits that 12, 15 pound mark, it's not going to be as comfortable. So stretchy wraps, are designed to be tight on your body so that baby's tight on your body. Um, and rarely when I'm helping someone with that, are they already wearing it tight on their body? So the reason why you want it tight on your body is because when you put baby in there, they obviously weigh a certain amount. They're gonna pull that fabric down because it's stretchy. Um, so if you don't have the carrier on tight and you put a baby in and they pull it down, that's just going to pull on your shoulders. And that's just very uncomfortable. Your, your body's going to overcompensate to hold this baby in this, in the like core of your body. So you're, you're going to be in pain in about 30 minutes. Um, all that to say stretchy carriers for like tiny babies, chef's kiss. Um, if you want to do something that's more price conscious. I know I'm very price conscious. <laughs> and so I'm not going to be one who can buy like multiple carriers for every stage of baby's life. Um, ring slings are also widely popular right now. And so the nice thing about ring slings is that they're weighted to 35 pounds and they're not stretchy. So they will not sink with baby's weight. So you can wear them for until your baby's 35 pounds. And my five-year-old just hurt, hit like 40 pounds like a year ago. So, you know, I, and I can still carry him in a, in a ring sling. He's five. That's and awesome. I know. It's, it's a, whenever I make videos with him, people are like, how? Because he's also very tall for his age. So he has like these super long legs and they just like come out of nowhere. Um, and also, even though carriers are weighted to a certain weight, they're tested three times that usually. So don't be worried if your baby's like 36 pounds. It's okay. You can still put them in your carrier. Don't be afraid that it's going to bust. It's not going to bust. Um, so ring slings are what I typically recommend to people if they want something that can work for newborn on um, so that they um, don't it's have crazy. spend too much money on all these different carriers. <laughs> Tiny human. Hello. <laughs> This is Zachariah. Hi, Zachariah. Oh my God, yeah. you're darling. This I is recognize you from IG. Follow me on Instagram. Yeah. Or TikTok. This is the star of all of those. Star TikTok. model. Hi, bud. I've actually never seen you wrap up your five year old. I'm going to go back and look for that. 
Yes, you have to look at for some of those. Um, now, does he enjoy that? Does he enjoy my uh, five-year-old? Yeah, being worn. Yeah, he actually is autistic, so um, okay. it actually helps his system totally. regulate and sensory input. Yep. He, I have, I've talked about this before, but he was literally worn every day for the first year of his life. Yeah. And I, and probably like 70% of his second year of life. And I don't, I don't think we would have known, I think we would have known earlier if we didn't baby wear him. He was really? so regulated baby being worn all the time that like, we didn't know anything was amiss until he was walking more and like doing his own thing. Really? Interesting. We'll, we'll okay. the for the people, and then you got to go. Hi, cutesy. Boop. Bye, Zachariah. Oh, my God. So cute. <laughs> That's awesome, Katie. That's great. Um, and so, so for kids with disabilities, I highly recommend, like, baby really? wear. Do you wear him every day? Do you find it's that regular, or just when he needs it? Is it really part of your routine? How yeah, do you no, not anymore. He's he's almost six so he's just okay. like has his own routine of his life over it yep <laughs> but um sometimes when I'm making a video he wants to come up and he wants yeah. to be held you know he likes he remembers being worn so um he'll like stay up or like wants to go up yeah. but wrapping a five-year-old is a whole workout so I don't yeah. try to do it too much because I'm like <sighs> like breathing super hard like in the video so now that I got you wrapped up we have to sit back down because I'm dead right so usually I'm like this is going to be a voiceover because I'm breathing real heavy um but yeah I do I do still wear him on occasion but he's just so big so big, so big, so big. That um, is amazing. So I don't know if you know this. A lot of people on the internet don't know this about me, but I started my career um, with children on the ASD spectrum. I did behavioral okay. therapy um, for a long time. I did BCBA for a long time. Yeah, I have all the utmost respect for therapists, like physical therapists, OT, speech, all those therapists, like, I love my OT and I told her, I'm like, if you ever leave, you better freaking tell me because I'm going wherever I will move back to carriers. Uh, a lot of people also like the buckle carriers. But, so those are actually called soft structured carriers in the baby wearing world um, just because they're soft, but they're structured, right? They have the shape, they buckle. Um, and those are very popular because you also, next to the stretchies, you're going to find a Target, find a stretchy Moby, maybe a Boba, um, and then you're going to see like an Ergo and a Baby Bjorn and maybe a Tula. Some Targets have Tulas now. Um, I like soft structured carriers to a point, but I much rather wrap my babies. I love to wrap a baby. Um, some soft structured carriers are just hard to get a good fit, especially if you're plus size. And that's also, I'm very passionate about, like a lot of people in larger bodies don't know that they can wear their babies because not only do they see in like mainstream, like no one that looks like them. So then they think they can't wear their babies or someone in their life has told them like, oh, you, that won't fit you. Or like, or maybe they did find an old carrier and it didn't fit them. Baby wearing or wrapping, it's so much more customizable 
to the person and the baby. So like carriers with buckles are gonna be harder for that just for some people. And everyone has different body types, um, no matter like big or small, large or tiny, you know, a wrap is gonna fit your body the way that it's shaped. So, so if you can you. find a wrap, like that's my like main, like my like secret mission is to get everyone to wrap their babies with wrap, with woven carriers, <laughs> with woven wraps. <laughs> I love to hear you talk about the Moby. I have several of them. Um, I love the Moby. And on the opposite end of someone in a bigger body, I'm someone who is in an incredibly petite body. I'm 30 years old and I only weigh 100 pounds. My partner is a fairly small person as well. Not only do buckle carriers not fit me, they I mean, I could roll up two towels and put them behind my back and still probably have a little bit of a loose fit. With being paired with a partner that's also not big, I imagine that our babies will be very small. And I've thought about before, man, I don't even know if my baby would fit in something like the Ergo or the right. Baby Bjorn. Um, I just am so much more comfortable with a wrap for sure. Um, I also find that they take up a lot less space. Um, that's one of my things too, is you don't have to carry the the actual kind of carrier you can put it in a bag question about the difference in the soft shell and the wraps is there a benefit of one over the other at some point or any point in your journey right so stretchy wraps are different than woven wraps um wovens aren't stretchy so you can actually wear them from birth to toddler as well so you can't really do that with a stretchy carrier but I don't think that there's really a big difference with um, with a buckle carrier versus a stretchy, except for fit. Like if you know that a buckle carrier is not gonna fit your body, a stretchy carrier will fit your body most likely. Um, you might have to like wrap it around a few more times or you maybe only can wrap it once like to tie. Um, and I would say it's just, it can also just feel a little bit better when those babies are really tiny. Sometimes being in a, a buckle carrier can feel awkward if you have like a small baby. Um, so I would just, I, I, there's not really like a difference, like not one's better than the other. They just have different like qualities, I guess. Like a stretchy carrier is gonna feel more womb-like, right? because it's, it's on your body, almost like a second skin. So then baby just goes in there and it feels tight and warm and you know they can hear your heartbeat. So it's just very womb-like. Um, there is gonna be a little bit more like room for like air and stuff to pass through like a buckle carrier, just cause it's not like all encompassing. Like it doesn't like slide on your skin, right? Um, and some babies like like that and they want to feel more you know movement and then other babies that are just like nope never put me in that again like i only want to be tight on the body 
Sure. That would be me as a baby. That probably was me as a baby. I <laughs> love to be tight. Weighted blankets are my thing. Snuggling is my thing. Big body cuddles. I love it all. Um, okay. Woven wraps. Where might someone buy a woven wrap? You shouldn't just get them anywhere. And this kind of leads us into the main topic of what we really would like to dive into today. And that's the history of baby wearing. So these woven um, baby wraps, they should be gotten from a place that is indigenous and is given the proper credit to the cultures that we're borrowing from, correct? Right. So there's a lot of woven wraps you can just get anywhere because they're just um, more for anyone. But it's more so like um, the different kinds of, there are some that are only to certain cultures. So I do post, I had posted quite a few videos of me wearing uh, a Chitange wrap. And that was more like a big rectangle of fabric. And that was doing um, a torso carry with my baby on my back and had a lot of people asking like where they could buy one. And that's something that is more like dependent on the culture. Like you would want to ask someone of the culture. Um, I have like family and ancestors from those regions. So I felt comfortable enough to do that. But, um, but like if someone, you know, if I found like a carrier that was made in Mexico, like a Rebozo, yep. I'm going to, you know, there, there's, there was a lot of debate on that in general in the birth world. Um, but that culture also uses it to wear their babies, not just for like birth reasons. Um, so you're going to want to make sure that you are, um, you know, talking to someone in that culture and making sure that you're learning about the culture, that you're learning about how it's made, that you are. That's what we have. So annoyed. Anywho, <laughs> back to cultural appropriation. Um, question, oh. would you consider it cultural appropriation for someone to be baby wearing and not understand the history behind baby wearing? Right. I think it's always important to know where something stems from, right? Because if you do a Google search, it's literally going to say like, oh, this white woman in the seventies made a snuggly and that's where baby wearing started. That's not where baby wearing started. Um, if you do further re research, she actually went to Africa, saw how they were wearing their babies, came back to, um, America and made a carrier mimicking those same like principles. So it's not actually like she didn't create baby wearing. Yeah. She may have Westernized it and brought it to like, to more like wide known. And even though there were also indigenous people wearing their babies here, like for centuries um that's like the ultimate Karen move <laughs> I mean it's good that she I guess you know got more people wearing their babies because people were it was probably like it was also more in the time of like you can't hold your baby because you spoil your baby if you hold your baby and I can't you know which you cannot spoil a baby nope. I will die on that hill same forever um but yeah just you know there's more, Google doesn't always tell you everything. Like, don't just read the first 
little bubble that pops up on Google when you <laughs> search something. Um, I would just go down a few and keep reading if you can um, to know more about where the things that you're doing and not just baby wearing in general, just like where, where things come from. Um, and my, and my, my response always is when people ask me if something, if they should do something, I'm like, if you're asking, you probably shouldn't. Like if you have any hesitation, that's probably your answer. Um, and there are also, and again, I'm not the end all to be all like a pin, like person on baby wearing in different cultures, because there are some people um, that will be like, I'm African and I think it's fine. Like, I don't care, like you're wearing your baby. And then there's other people that'll be like, nope, like you can't do that. Um, and something that I've learned recently that I did not know is that there are different, in different regions of Africa, there are different, like I knew that each region has like their different fabric, like designs and stuff that are more um, native to like that part of Africa. But I didn't know that it can it can look, it can be an insult to wear different fabric designs from different cultures in Af like different areas in Africa. Like even if you are African. Um, it's an insult to who? It's an insult to the region that you're from or to the region that you are. They are part of, like I have roots in Ghana and Nigeria. So if I were to wear like a Kenyan uh like fabric style like design it would it could be insulting to both sides like why are you wearing that you're not Kenyan you know don't do that I just learned about that so even but again there's you know people have different opinions about things but like a rebozo I I would make sure that you are First of all, if you do purchase a rebozo, make sure that you're purchasing it from someone indigenous. Um, you can find them on Amazon. I'm pretty sure those are not made by indigenous people. Um, so make sure that you're getting them from the actual place that they are have strong cultural ties in. Um, all that to say, a regular woven wrap that's made by, you know, like honeybee wovens. I'm just thinking of one off the top of my head. Honeybee wovens. Anyone can wear those, but things like kangas or tatangas or um, traditional medais, like from Asia, you're gonna wanna be careful with those. So much like the rebozo, um, I've done pretty extensive research and, and taken a couple classes about the rebozo. Um, specifically from Mai Tai, the womb doula. She's awesome. If you're not following her on Instagram, you guys really should be. She talks about um, closing of the bones and she talks about some body manipulations that you can have um, after birth that just helps your healing. And, and specifically, she talks about the rebozo. And Katie, when you were talking about um, the controversy that, that happened, she was a big leader in helping people understand why it was offensive and why if you were going to use it, you needed to really be very um, intentional with your use. So 
Is it the same in Africa with baby wearing as the rebozo is that we use it in pregnancy and then throughout labor? And then it's kind of passed down from tradition to tradition. So the rebozo carries tradition, the fabric itself carries tradition from that region or that nation, but the actual, your one individual rebozo carries additional tradition because it's typically passed down from you know, the maternal lineage in the family. Is that the same with baby wearing? Um, I would say for different cultures, yes. For um, like, yeah, but like Africa, yes. An African baby wearing, yeah, it's very much the same. Like I know that um, these things are learned like through tradition, right? Um, like I've had African clients and they, like I've had African an African client laugh at me when I was like, talking about baby wearing because they're just like how is this a whole like where I'm from we just like put our baby put the baby on the back and like you know we just always learn from our you know parents and stuff like that um and so they think it's like silly sometimes um (laughs) that people need all these like different like wraps and carries and stuff they're like we just took like our fabric and like put baby on our back and then tie it or like fold it however you know um so yeah so I yes it's very much the same um but if but just like I just feel like it doesn't take much to just research like where things come from or just be like cognizant I'm not saying don't wear your baby a lot of people are just like oh so I shouldn't wear my baby at all that's not what I'm saying at all um and also I mean you can do what you want to do, but just know that there's going to be people who ask you why you're doing certain things at times. And so you need to have that response ready. <laughs> you know, um, you're going to just be like, oh, I just, you know, like if you're going to wear a chitange or a kanga and you're white um, and someone comes up to you and asks you why you're wearing that, you better have a very good answer, you know, of why you're doing that. You know, maybe oh, my husband is from here. Like he showed me how to wear it. Um, my mother-in-law helped me to, you know, to, you know, and that's, that's awesome. Like, yeah, you were invited into that culture to learn about how they wear their babies and attach their babies to their bodies. Um, and that's okay. If you say like, oh, like, I saw Dula Katie do it on a TikTok. And so I found a piece of fabric that looks just like that. And like, no, that's not probably a good answer. Um, or like, maybe you did your research and you're like, I saw Dula Katie wearing it. So I went on Google and researched like different African carrying styles. And then I, you know, found the shop owner and talked to them about their culture and really understood like what they do and how, and how they, you know, the ancestral um, practices and, you know, I'm not posting pictures of myself in this carrier to like gain all this like attention or whatever. Um, that's fine, you know, but if, if you're just gonna do it to do it and then someone asks you, you need to have a good, a good answer <laughs> as to why you're doing certain things. Well, remember, it's not a trend. Like, this is actually right. It's not a trend at all. The culture. This is something that, at the end of the day, it really should be ingrained into what we are passing down to the people in our our families that are going to be having future babies. And I think that really is indicative of how 
this practice was essentially uh you know like a knockoff it was like a side swipe like she she went to Africa she saw and she was like oh I can do that in America and be like the first one over here to do it and it shows because there was no history in that there was no tradition she just brought it over and kind of did it without understanding where this practice came from um and to me that just feels so American. I just feel like America has so many examples of that. You know, it's really sad, but that is, that's kind of American history in itself. Right. And you have to like, remember that like, yeah, baby wearing is not a trend. Like people over baby wearing or like, and they don't even call it baby wearing. America is the only place that calls it baby wearing. Like the US is like the only place that really, I mean, other countries have like adopted that or like, just like, cause that's, but like, in Africa, a lot of times they call it backing. Like they're just like, we're backing the baby. Like wow. if I say baby wearing, they're like, what? Like, what are you not like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, it's not a trend. Like do, we're doing it to like, sometimes to survive, right? Or like get through the day. Um, slaves had to put their babies they had to literally like have their baby, then tie their baby to their body so they could keep working. You know, like it wasn't to do it because, you know, so-and-so on Instagram had a picture, you know, or I saw it on a show, like, no, like they still had to work and they had like newborn babies on their bodies, you know, it was out of necessity, out of survival. Um, And sometimes it still is even in the current day. So, and not just in other countries and, and here, like, there have been, you know, people just need a carrier to like, they still have to like get to work. So they have to put their baby in a carrier or like they have to take the bus and they don't want to bring a, a stroller. They don't, they can't get a stroller on the bus or, you know, it's too dangerous to use a stroller on slippery sidewalks. So like, and they have to walk to work or get to their appointments or something. They don't have a car. So yeah, baby wearing is going to be a lifesaver for them. Um, that's going to, help them get to where they need to go. Uh, I'm thinking about single parents who are everything in that home. They literally are everything. You're the dishwasher, you're the clothes washer, you're the baby keeper aliver. You have to keep yourself alive. You have to wash you and your baby. You vacuum, you, you do have all of it. Too. Yeah, there is nothing that you don't do. And that becomes much more complicated when you have a newborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially if you have multiple children and you're single yeah. parent as well, um, you know, you have to maybe you have to like oh, carry the baby so you can have the other hands for your other children to like, yeah. you know. Um, I mean, I am not a single parent, but when my husband is away, I do definitely baby wear more so that I can like break up the older two fighting, you know. Um, <sighs> preteens, more common. <laughs> um, yeah, I just. And that, and, and that also is like something that grinds my gears is that when, you know, we have very well-intentioned people that want to, you know, help all the communities and do all the community work, um, yet leave communities with no tangible tools to help themselves. So, um, like, there are some baby wearers who are like, oh, let me do this, like, free free training for baby wearing for, or not training, but like, let me show these families how to baby wear their baby. And then they don't leave them with a carrier. 
and they're like, bye, you know, like, look at all those awesome things I did, but I didn't, you know, you can't teach people things without the tools they need to succeed. So that's, if I have consults, I don't, I always try to make sure they have carriers. Like if they don't, I bring carriers with me, ones that I don't aren't necessarily, not bad carriers, but carriers that don't necessarily would be sad if I never had it again, you know? Um, maybe I just don't like the print or something, but it's a good carrier. So something that I'm not gonna be sad if it doesn't come back to me, right? I'm not gonna bring my like unicorn wrap that, you know, I will never, you know, the OG Can't wrap, it out. <laughs> right? So, and lend it out and then not get it back and be like de devastated. No, I'm not gonna do that. Um, but I'm gonna bring like carriers that they can keep and they can feel like, okay, I learned this, I learned something and I have the tools to continue to do that and feel like empowered in doing these things. Um, which also don't shame people for the baby carrier they have either, please and thanks. Um, yeah, we're all just doing enough. the best that yeah. we can with yeah. the tools that we have. So if someone was interested in learning from you and learning about the different types of carriers or working with you in another capacity, which share your other services with us, where can they find you and what kind of things do you work with parents on? Yeah, I am I am Dula Katie on like all platforms. Um, my name is just spelled a little differently. It's K-A-Y-T-E-E, -E, but um, Dula Katie on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all the things. And my email is just at Gmail. So it's just all the same. Um, but I do, I do birth and postpartum doula support. Um, I love postpartum support. I am launching a virtual postpartum, um, not class, if you will, but a support, a 12 week support model, if you will. Um, that is customized to you and your journey that you've had so that you can feel well supported in those first three months of postpartum. Um, and I'm mainly in person do overnight postpartum work. So that is where the parents get to sleep and get rested. And I wake up with the baby, whatever they need. <laughs> and then maybe do laundry so that you wake up to like clean clothes and maybe a sink not full of dishes, those kinds of things are nice add-ons. Um, and I also do baby wearing consults. And I do like, sorry, before I go to there, I also do lactation help too when you have lactation consults, but I also do baby wearing consults. And so sometimes all those things kind of go together too, like postpartum and lactation and baby wearing. Um, and I also do virtual baby wearing consults if you can't be in person. So all of those things, all come together. Um, but yeah, you can reach out any way you need to. And I also do like fun videos with my son. So if you just need someone to like, you know, test out your products too, <laughs> I can do that as well. That's where I hang out with you most is on Instagram. <laughs> I love seeing your babe on there. Oh my gosh. It's so much fun. And again, it's just so educational. I have learned so much from you that obviously for listeners out there, you're not going to get the whole picture in a 30 to 60 second reel. What I'm talking about specifically is Katie has shared things that has educated me a sliver. And then I've gone and done the research and it's 
Katie that I credit with having even opened my eyes to this. Um, so I know a lot of you, this might be the first conversation that you're having about the history of baby wearing. And maybe to you, it does feel very trendy. Um, and it is a really wonderful way to bond with your baby and have your hands free. And we talked about all the benefits there, but do know that the history is very deep. It's rooted in cultures around the world that don't belong to America. And I think that's super important that we recognize that in a practice that has changed so many of our lives. Katie, this conversation, meeting you in real life, having you here. This has all just been an absolute dream come true. I so appreciate you being here. If you left our crowd with like one thing, baby wearing or not related, what would it be? I already said it, but you can't spoil a baby. I love it. I will. Oh I'm going to make a shirt that says that. I just, please, if your baby needs you, just get them. Like, there'll be better adults for it and better rounded kids for it. So better emotionally oh, yeah. and mentally. And, and you never it, get those snuggles back. Yes. Ever. They're <laughs> gone. I think from someone who has an almost 11 year old who doesn't, who does, preteen y'all just pray oh for me. Gosh. And they're totally like, no, thanks. I don't get it in my face. I'm good. So, but yeah, so just take those snuggles. The dishes can wait. They'll still be there in a few hours. The laundry will still be there. The babies, babies, don't, babies don't spoil. And they don't keep. They get bigger though. They will grow always. Oh my goodness, you guys. Thanks for tuning in today. This has been an amazing episode. I hope that you have learned a lot. I hope you are inquisitive and will go out and do some more research. And I really, really hope that you have gotten a good understanding of where baby wearing comes from, uh, how you can implement it in your life. And we'll see you next week. Bye y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I truly do value this community and I love hanging out with you. If you found today's episode helpful, share it with a friend. Share it with someone who might also find this information helpful. I'd love to hear what you have to say and read your sweet words on iTunes. You can leave us a review and this helps get this information into the hands of parents who might also benefit from hearing it. If you're interested in joining The Birth Lounge, you can go to thebirthlounge.com. Our blog is linked there. You can find all sorts of free information as well as how to get your access to The Birth Lounge. You can always hang out with me on Instagram as well, at Tranquility by Hehe. Until then, stay educated, stay supported, stay confident. there just a friendly reminder that nothing in this podcast is to be used as medical advice diagnosis or treatment please consult your health care provider with any questions or concerns you have about your health or anything discussed in this podcast side effects may include educated adults informed decision making skills and consensual care tranquility by he he and the birth lounge are not responsible for any ideal births that were created with this podcast the birth parent deserves all the credit